everybody this is Vinny Bucci aka the Booch and welcome to the recap of NXT and of course ladies and gentlemen as always joining me here on the Booch cast he is the NXT correspondent he's been woken he's been broken absolutely and now he's just broke ladies and gentlemen please welcome back to the show the one the only the broke soulless ginger Mr. Zach Scott what's up dude do that it's me, your favorite ginger of all, the broke soulless ginger, genuinely speaking. I'm not broke. Vinny's tonight's card. What do you think? 
Well, I got a lot to say about this I card. I know you do. And, of course, we're going to uh, kick off the recap here. We got uh, the North American champion, the man who calls himself the A champion, Carmelo Hayes, and his uh, associate, Trick Williams, arrive in a Bentley. Hayes notes the qualifiers for the North American Championship ladder match continue tonight. Yep. So we got a couple more matches coming in there. And, um... Then we move on to our first official match of the evening, the North American Championship qualifier match. We have Roderick Strong with Malcolm Bivens versus Solo Sequoia. Fantastic opening match. I thought it was really, really good. I mean, people give Roderick Strong crap, but he put himself up where he, I, I cannot say his name. Solo Sequoia is bigger than him, but good physical match. Not a lot, not too many spots. I, I saw a little uh, psychology in it. What do you think, Benny? It was hard hitting. It was a great fight. Uh, I loved every aspect of this match. Yeah. And I love the fact that it wasn't a squash. Exactly. Because... With all due respect to Solo Sequoia, Roderick Strong is a namestay in NXT. He is not a guy that you use for squash matches. He is too talented, too gifted of a wrestler. He's the messiah of the backbreaker, or the backbreaking messiah, whatever, however the fuck it's called. Either way, Roderick Strong is a name. Roderick Strong is a badass. And he's the last member of the Undisputed Era to still have a contract in NXT. Although a lot of people want to see him go to AEW. I'm glad he's staying because he's getting a good push here. Yes. And I really, really enjoyed this. This is a great way to open the show on NXT. So these guys had a hell of a fight in the end. Solo Sequoia lands a splash for the win. He is now going into the ladder match. And again, I know I've been putting over Roderick Strong, but he's a former North American champion already. So I like the fact that Sequoia is in it. So at least we get some new blood around the North American title. Very, very true. I agree. I agree with you. New blood. Yep, 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 yep. Mm, okay. Uh, moving on to the uh, next thing here. Yes, we have the, uh, we, we cut to the backstage area with uh, Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada, who are arguing about which of their relationships is better. Uh, Hartwell invites Parada and her man, Duke Hudson, to watch what her husband, Dexter Loomis, does in his match against Tony D'Angelo later tonight. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was just two, two women who said, my man's better than you. No, my man's better than you. No, my man's better than you. No, my man's better than you. But I liked it, and I'm looking forward to seeing Dexter Lewis against Tony D. Yeah, and of course we have uh, Index, and then there was like uh, Duja, I think she was trying to make the name. Yeah, yeah. That was fucking stupid. Stupid. I mean, you know. Yeah, like trying to compare Duke Huxon with, I don't know what the hell they were doing. Well, I'm just saying, like, if you're going to do something, you know, do something like, um, like, uh, Derja or something like that. I think, was, I don't know if they were going for that or not. Yeah. Or, you know, like, uh, like his name is Duke Hudson, Persia Parada. You can do something like, uh, uh, Harada or something like that. That could, there's a million better names that could have came but up that, with. That was, uh, was that that bad? Very bad. <laughs> so, it, yeah. So, but that, it was stupid. <laughs> and, um, and it's just girls being girls. And Duke, girls. Duke's running his mouth. Dexter's just fucking standing there, which is perfect. He doesn't need all that bullshit. No, he doesn't. And on that note, we do move on to the next match of the evening. We got Dexter Loomis with Indy Hartwell, Persia Parada, and Duke Hudson in his corner versus... Tony D'Angelo. This was fucking great. I thought this was fantastic. 
I thought it was physical, it was brutal, it was nasty, hardly any spots, a, sh a good bit of freaking psychology. And then it's strange how Tony D won. Benny, you're better than that this than me. Would you like to take this one because you love this guy so much? Oh, dude, it was a brawl. It was. I loved it. It was a brawl. I loved it. Just a, a, like a straight fight, two guys who doing big man moves, don't need to flip around, don't need to do stupid shit. They just fight and it's beautiful like i love the, the the few spots that dexter had like the kip up to the leg drop was great although uh, i think tony moved a little too soon or did something with his head because it was apparently he was supposed to hit the leg drop but uh tony moved a little too soon for it like it's one thing if you're moving and the and, and the answer's like oh nobody home but if he was supposed to hit the leg drop and you move too quickly it fucks it up yeah, so, so a little bit of a botch there. Okay. But it did not take away from the match because uh, Wade Barrett did a good job on commentary of covering it up. So he did. That was very well done. But, uh, and then, of course, there was the incident with the crowbar. Uh, D'Angelo goes for the crowbar while Duke Hudson's distracting. And then um, uh, Indy has it. And, um, of course, her and uh, Persia tussle over it. D'Angelo rips it out of Parada's hand. And Parada's even like, what the hell's going on? The referee doesn't see D'Angelo whack Loomis with it. Like, the ref, like, I think, like, the ref, like, was oblivious just in time. Mm -hmm. It looked like he was about to see it. I really yeah, thought he was I, about to I be. almost thought he did for a second there. Yeah, one of the two things. Yeah, one of two things is going to happen. Either there's about to be a disqualification or the ref was about to botch. But that didn't happen. Thank God. And D'Angelo hits his finish. Yep. Gets the one, two, three. Mm -hmm. The winner of the match, the Don of NXT, Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo. So, but I thought it was really, really good. I, this is by this was this was old school, no flips or anything like that. Even though somebody won't shut up, but that's for another talk for another day. We, we will save that for the variety <laughs> show. And then next, uh, D'Angelo grabs the mic and says, "Inu Tommaso Ciampa would take the bait. At standing the level, he's gonna be the new Don of NXT." Ciampa's music hits. Ciampa appears behind D'Angelo and hits the fairy tale ending. Ciampa picks up the mic and says, "D'Angelo doesn't get to tell him when he's done." At standing the Liver, he's going to write his own fairy tale ending. I thought this was awesome. Both Vinny and I go like, oh my god! Fairy tale ending. And then he just said what he says, like, so we're gonna see a stand on the liver. Tony D against Tommaso Ciampa. It's gonna be a hell of a fight. That's gonna be good. I'm looking forward to it. And from the looks of things, I still believe Tony's gonna go over. Of course he is. Because it's Ciampa putting over the new guy. Yep. But at the same time, Ciampa said. Even if my time in NXT is over, I'm going to write my own fairy tale ending. So that tells me, regardless of whether he wins or loses, he's going to the main roster. He's done after this. I agree. And, and he needs to be. Mm -hmm. So I think what's going to happen is, even if Ciampa does win, he can take this win and go to the main roster and use the build momentum. But I still feel like Tony... D'Angelo needs the win more than Ciampa does because he can go to the main roster and just get hit the reset button and just get over over there. So even if he does not, Ciampa doesn't need the win. He no. doesn't need the win. No, he does not. He's on his way out, so he needs to do the time-honored tradition, which is you put over the next guy on your way out when you're done, when you're leaving. That's what it's what every NXT person does when they were even during the Black and Gold era. Whenever a new champion was getting called up. They would put over the guy on the way out. I'm going to drop the title to you. I'm going to go to the main roster, move on with my career, and you are going to now be the guy or girl in NXT. Yep. That's how that shit works. Yes, it does. So... On that note, we move on to the next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that. that. We got Fallon Henley with Briggs and Jensen versus Electra Lopez 
with Legado del Fantasma. Uh, do you call this a match? No. No. I call it an embarrassment. Really? Yes. Okay. I mean, Henley tried. God knows she tried. She did. But this was not entertaining at all. And I'm going to tell you why it wasn't entertaining at all. Why? Because right off the bat, Henley is being portrayed as a comedy act against Electra Lopez, who is no nonsense. Briggs and Jensen, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with the people in creative, but I'm tired of it. It's stupid. Jensen doesn't know how to talk to women, and it's dumb. It's a dumb gimmick. It's not funny. It's not getting over. It's not interesting. Seriously, stop it. It, it makes it makes them look stupid right out of the gates. Because before, these guys had like a little bit of a hillbilly, like redneck to them, mm-hmm. but they look like badass rednecks. Yeah. Now yeah, they look like ba- now they look like backass rednecks. <laughs> I don't care. I'm being brutally honest. They went from looking like badass rednecks to backass rednecks. <laughs> and it's not a great gimmick. I, I agree with you. I'm tired of it. Okay, this was a squash match. We're sad. And uh, Vinny, do you have things to say about this? Yes. Fallon Henley put up as much of a fight as she could. In the end, Electra Lopez tossed her around the ring. She looked sexy while she did it. Yes, she did. And then she hit her finish for the win. So that was it. There was okay. one and done, over and done with. Oh, and I did like the fact when she did that thing with her foot when she was bouncing her neck off the ropes. Yeah. That was just that that's another way of just being like, hey, this is a squash match and I'm gonna embarrass you. That's things like that make you realize this is a squash match because they're just embarrassing the other person. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area. We got Draco with Zion Quinn. J- Draco's phone keeps going off. Glad that doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. <laughs> Quinn, again, another story for the variety show. <laughs> Quinn asks if that's Joe Gacy. <laughs> All right, so Quinn asks if that's Joe Gator, I mean Gacy. Um, Draco says it is and plays one of the messages Gacy sent. Gacy employs Draco to join him so Draco won't be alone anymore. Draco tosses his phone. Quinn tells Draco he knows what he needs to do. Quinn tells Draco he's got his back if he needs him. The uh, Yeah, this was uh, pretty good because uh, the Gacy Gator um, segment <laughs> kind of just was really good because you never know. I think uh, Draco might... Uh, drawing up the uh, uh, Gacy Gator um, segment kind of reminds you of a um, Charles Mason Gator uh, situation. Right. Zach? Yes? You're horrible at this. <laughs> You're not doing it right, Zach, but whatever. So, on that note, um, <laughs> all I'm going to say is I hope this ends soon. I got a feeling Draco's going to join Gacy. I really do. I feel like I can feel this becoming like a turn or a heel turn for him or something. I don't I don't see this going anywhere else. I hate the fact that Zion Quinn's been reduced to this. I would have much rather seen him doing a program where him and Electra Lopez were together. At least that'd be something. Instead, he's doing nothing. But anyway, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Braun Breaker versus Bobby Roode with Dolph Ziggler. Once again, a stellar fucking match. This was fantastic. This was... Physical, it was brutal, it was fun to watch. There was no flips, there was fists, kicks, and suplexes. There was belly of bellies, it was good. And, um, Benny, go ahead. This match was glorious. Glorious. Thank God they played that entrance theme. Yeah. I, I miss that song you, so much. You love that song so much. I really do. Yeah, you do. It's a great theme song. It was one of my top five favorites in WWE. Remember when we went to uh, WrestleMania did the intro? You still have over close to several thousand views on it. I was like... I, all the, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I do. Let yeah, me, you yep. have several You know, now, now that I think about that, I'm going to go check that right now. All right, all right. But, yeah, guys, it was... um, Dude, it was a hell of a match. I mean, even though... 
uh, Braun Breaker won, but it was still good. Like, I don't know why WWE did not put a world title on the glorious Bobby Roode. Yeah, it's got 11,963 views. Told you. And 85 likes. Yep. And any dislikes. Uh, it, it doesn't show the dislikes anymore. One dislike. There's one? I think. No, oh, you'd be the first one to dislike it, I think. Well, no, I haven't seen the dislikes. Uh, and then uh, this guy, Andrew Flood, he says, a great glorious WrestleMania access entrance parody. I said, thank you. I hope to do some more parodies at this year's WrestleMania, which I didn't because we couldn't go to access because Steven couldn't wake his fucking ass up. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, anyway. I'm sorry. Did I get, I'm sorry, I went a little off topic there. Yeah, you did. But yeah, so, and, and I'll put this on the, the Boochcast Facebook. Facebook, uh, Facebook page for oh, you yeah, to check do out. It, do, do, uh, do, I know there's a few things I'm going to put up there. There's one other video I'm going to put up there real soon. What? But uh, I'll mention it when we get to the segment, what we're talking about. Okay. But yes. So anyway, yeah. I love this theme. I feel like Bobby Roode got such... Because he was talking earlier about being, you know, the former NXT champion, one of the guys over there. And I hate the fact that Bobby Roode felt compelled to remind people how great he is and the things he did in NXT. Because on the main roster, they have not treated him well at all. No, they have not. Him being in a tag team, with Dolph Ziggler is atrocious for both of them because they both deserve better. Yes, they do. And so I love seeing Bobby Roode in this match to remind people how fucking good he is. Uh, Braun Breaker, of course, whooping ass, taking names. Loved the part where Bobby Roode mocks Scott Steiner. Yeah, I saw that. Doing the whole thing with the bicep kiss for the elbow drop and then starts doing push-ups and all that because Steiner used to do that in the ring all the time. Scotty used to do that in the ring all the time. And then, of course, um, you know, eventually, uh, you know, Breaker starts hitting Steiner lines, which Mm -hmm. is what they call the clothes lines whenever Steiner does it. I I actually forgot that and I had to have a broadcast partner remind me of that when we did a show. Ah. Yeah, because I, well, I hadn't seen Steiner wrestle in so long at that time that I forgot they were called Steiner lines. Yeah. yeah. So eventually, uh, you know, Root escapes, hits the glorious DDT, Breaker kicks out, then eventually Breaker hits the power slam, gets the one, two, three, the winner of the match, Braun Breaker, and then as he's walking up the ramp, Ziggler drops him with a super kick, yep. and then holds the towel up and basically tells him, you're not on my level, you'll never get to this point, and you can even hear him as they're cutting over to the next segment. Yeah. I loved every bit of this. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, the was. match was great, and the post-match super kick was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. Because... It showed Breaker Breaker got to look strong going into stand and deliver with the victory over Bobby Roode. Ziggler maintains how strong he is by laying him out in the super kick. Yeah. So it makes both of them look good going into stand and deliver next Saturday. Yeah. Which does. is what you want. You want both guys to look as strong as possible going into a main event title match. That way it creates doubt. Doubt. On who is going to win. You want to walk in there. The best matches are when you don't know what's going to happen. And there are times where even an analyst like myself will walk into a match and go, I have no fucking clue where this is going. And that has my attention more than the matches where I'm like, I know who's winning this shit. So I like that. Create the doubt. Then we cut to the backstage area again, and we're there with Duke Hudson, Persia Parada, Indy Hartwell, and Dexter Loomis. And basically, uh, Indy is is accusing Persia and Duke of trying to sabotage uh, Dexter Loomis. They assure them they did not. And they're assuring them, hey, we're all on the same page, even though we're doing this, like, you know, inner battle thing. So next thing you know, Dexter starts drawing on an easel for whatever reason. Yeah. 
And I think I heard John Cena's name come up. Mm-hmm. I thought that was weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, I think you said, I, I think uh, Andy Hartwell says says to uh, Perch of Roddy, you wish Duke Huxley was John Cena. Yeah, because I was kind of hoping, like, and then, of course, you know, Dexter's got the easel. He's drawing on it and shit. I thought it was going to be something where he's just drawing to pretend to draw. And yeah. then he turns around, it's a picture of, like, Persia Parada with John Cena or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be funny as hell. But then, uh, I thought it was going to be something where, like, maybe, you know, John Cena is going to show up. And he gets a match with Duke Hudson or something. I don't know. But then he turns it around, and it turns out to be Gunter. Gunter. And so he decides to see if Duke Hudson can beat Gunter. And Duke Hudson's like, sure, no problem. No problem. So they booked the match for later in the night. He was like, you saw the doubt, the doubt in his face. So I was like, uh, yeah, man. Maybe you saw the series doubt in his face. He's like, yeah, this is gonna suck. It's Gunter. It's Gunter. You don't want to fuck with him. No, you do not. No, you do not. And no, on, no, 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 no. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. If you want to call it that. We got Grayson Waller with for the North American Championship qualifier match. We have Grayson Waller with Sanja versus A Kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You call this a match? Technically, yes. It was a match. It just wasn't a good one. No, it was not. This, yeah, A-Kid basically doing his spot monkey shit. Grayson Waller um, trying to work around that as best he can. Mm-hmm. I will. There was only one spot in the match I actually enjoyed. What was that? And that was when Waller went for the rolling stunner, but A-Kid turned into a lung blower and like had that submission or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was pretty impressed with that. That was a good spot. That was a good spot. I will give it to A-Kid. That was a good spot. Outside of that, I hated everything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a kid. He has a heart. He does have the heart for it, but he has that heart where it goes to the circus act. Yeah. Once again, which is crap. That's what you see all these times. But otherwise, not. It was okay. It was not entertaining. There was one good spot. Anyways, uh, moving on to the next segment over here. Well, hold on, hold on there, little cowboy. I know you like to jump the gun. Waller hits the rolling stunner. Gets the one, two, three. Grayson Waller wins the match. So after the match, Hayes and Williams hit the ring. He says the losers will meet in a triple threat, and the winner will be the final person added to the ladder match, which means A-Kid will get a second chance Mm -hmm. as he takes on Roger Strong Mm -hmm. and Cameron Grimes. Dude, the moon, who I'm going for, by the way. In a triple threat match. Yeah. Yeah, so so you're going for uh, Cameron Grimes. Yes, I am. I am too, and I'm going to tell you why. Why? Because, again, he's the one guy at, that hasn't held the North American title. Roger Strong, been there, done that. A-Kid, I don't want to see him with any title because I'm not a fan. Nope. And he just got here. He don't yeah, deserve exactly. it. exactly. So I would give it to Cameron Grimes, that last spot to Cameron Grimes. Or Grayson Waller. Cause... Grayson Waller's already in. Yeah, I know, but um, this, never mind. This, this, this is about the triple threat for the losers. Grayson Waller won. He's already in the ladder match. So <laughs> next week yeah. is the triple threat match. To determine the final spot. So he basically he's gonna give the losers one more chance. Now Trick and then of course Hayes tells A Kid that he will never be a champion. Trick says he's gonna take out the A Mama later tonight. A Kid kicks Williams in the head, rolls out of the ring. I thought that that was actually pretty funny enough when I saw A Kid. He's like Trick only kept the talking crap. A Kid just like, okay, whack. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I thought that was pretty funny right there. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny right there. All yeah. right, all right, all right. And then, of course, uh, Robert and of course Robert Stone is with uh, Von Wagner, who was, apparently was interrupted while talking business, which he wasn't too happy about. Nope. But then this girl, who I don't, I had no idea who she is, but on Twitter, she is Sophia Cromwell. 
who is um, part of the hashtag Material Girls and a two-time PHX, Sun, no, she's a two-time Phoenix Suns dancer uh-huh. and a two-time LA Rams cheerleader. Well, look at it. Yeah, so she was wow. a dancer for the Phoenix Suns and a cheerleader for the LA Rams, and now she's a superstar, part of the Material Girls, whatever the fuck that is. OZ Material Girls, uh, I, I don't get it, let me see. I don't know, it doesn't make any sense. Maybe they'll explain that on a future episode, but right here on Twitter, it doesn't make any damn sense. But apparently her name is Sophia Cromwell, so I guess she's going to be appearing on NXT at some point. Okay. So we got that going for her. So she apparently continues to have a conversation with Robert Stone, because I think he's trying to get her to join the Robert Stone brand. Yep, I, I see that, and yeah, yeah, maybe be like a valet or something. Yes. And then... We get the next match of the evening, the Cree Brothers with Malcolm Bivens and Ivy Nile versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. You call this a match? Of course I do. Yeah, this was actually fantastic. This was this was good. Two two really good teams that are not, I don't know, spot monkey. Solid tag team wrestling. It was solid tag That's team. That's exactly what this was. It, it was. was solid tag team wrestling. Brilliant. Very well done by two two great teams. Yeah, I agree. In the end, Brutus and Julius hit top gear for the win. And then the winners of the Creed Brothers. So yep. they get the victory as well they should. Because they're going into the tag match at a stand and deliver. So it makes sense for them to get the win. Yep. Now, of course, the Grizzly Young veterans said before the match, they didn't attack them from behind. Because they're going to attack them. They're going to do it to their faces. And that's when they throw the jacket in their face and fight and yeah. do all that. Which, again, I love. Because yep. they're making the point. We don't have to jump you from behind. We'll, t- we'll, we'll, we'll go face to face, smack the taste out of your mouth. Yep, yep, yep. Love yep, that. Yep, yep. And then, of course, on the screen, someone is shown defacing the Diamond Mine locker room. And now it looks like whoever these mystery people are, they're the ones, I think, that jumped the the Creed brothers. Yeah. So we don't know who they are yet. No, we do not. But I'm intrigued to see who they are. Yep, same here. Now the question is, will we find out now, or are they going to wait till Stan and Deliver to reveal who they are? Probably Stan and Deliver deliver who they are. Maybe they'll try to interfere with the match with the Creed Brothers. Well, that would be interesting, because you also got to bear in mind, in a triple threat match, there is no disqualification. That's true. So that means we could, that means one of two things can happen. Either they're going to interfere and cost the Creed Brothers the match, or the Creed Brothers are going to win, stand tall, and then the team's going to jump them. And then we find out who they are. So we got that going for them. And then on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Duke Hudson with Persia Parada versus Gunter with Imperium. I actually enjoyed it. It was actually pretty good. A lot of people, a couple people told me that this is going to be a squash. I was like, yeah, not with Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson can move and he's a good worker in the ring. I thought I actually enjoyed it. Benny, what do you think? I thought this was an amazing fucking match. <laughs> yeah, it was better than I thought it was going to be. I did too. I thought it was going to be a squash, but yeah. Duke Hudson put up a fucking oh. fight. Oh yeah, he did. And of course, the highlight was that vicious chop by oh, Gunter. Oh my god, that was echo. You, it sounded like a gunshot. Or somebody taking a cricket bat and going whack on top of a leather couch. Yeah, it, it was painful as fuck. It looked painful. You could just see his chest was bleeding. Crowds chanting, holy shit, for a chop. You know how you know how badass you are when all you gotta do is chop a motherfucker 
and crowd goes nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was that brutal. And then, of course, you know, Duke tried to hit some shots of his own, but Gunther was way too powerful. Yeah. But it was just, it was a fight, and you yeah, felt like really it could have gone either way. Yeah, and of course, Gunther eventually hits Hudson with the powerbomb, gets the one, two, three. Gunther wins the match. Yep. After the match, Gunther grabs the mic, says he's been overlooked too long. Meanwhile, someone like L.A. Knight can talk himself into a title shot, and then... L.A. Knight. And now he comes. Yeah, let me talk to you. But before he can talk to us, Gunter runs and tells Knight to shut up. He says Knight is everything that is wrong with NXT. He can talk himself into a title match, but he can't win them. Knight says he was about to talk himself into another match at Stand and Deliver, but he'll take a different route, and he decks Gunter. Then Barthol and Eichner attack Knight, so now all of Imperium is attacking. Next thing you know, MS Gay hits the ring to make the save, and then uh, Knight power slams Gunter and then sends him out of the ring, and now it looks like uh, LA Knight has some backup in the form of MS Gay. Yeah, I mean, I know you don't like MSK, but at least they came out and did something useful for once. Yeah, so I have a feeling that... And I think they've already made it official. It's going to be LA Knight versus Gunther at Stand and Deliver, yep. which I'm looking forward to that. Yes. And I think what they're going to do is, I'm willing to bet next week on NXT, we're going to see Imperium versus LA Knight and MSK. Okay. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I can see that happening, man. I can see that happening, man. But yeah, like you said there, bro, this was, this was actually highly entertaining. It was brutal and nasty. So far, this card has been really, really good. Yeah. And I also like the fact that Gunther was brutally honest with LA Knight. It's like, you know, LA Knight has the gift of gab, but the gift of jab hasn't really helped him win title matches. And LA Knight's done a lot of talking and not a lot of wrestling lately, um, you know. But LA Knight being able to prove that he is a fantastic wrestler and worker because he is. He is. And I would love to see him show that at Stand and Deliver. And I do believe LA Knight is a future NXT champion. He, he is. He is. He is. So I hope, I hope that, and I'll use one of his phrases, he don't get lost in the sauce. He don't get lost in the sauce. Because if he... Because that's the dumbest thing they can do in NXT is sleep on LA Knight. Very true. He's too damn good. Yep. And then, of course, uh, we have the main event of the evening, the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Women's Tag Team Classic, Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai versus Io Shirai and Kay Lee Ray. Everything was, it was good. I thought it was good. I mean, there were some spots in it, but like I said, it was entertaining. Benny, what do you think? <laughs> well, before I get into this, uh, Zach, I have to ask you a question. Here we go. Who loves orange soda? Kale loves orange soda. Is it true? Mm-hmm. I do, I do, I do. Ooh, ooh. Is it just me, or do I love the fact they're still playing off the orange soda? Yeah, we both saw each other. We just looked at each other. Like, like... <laughs> they did it last week. They're still doing it this week. So now we know Wendy Chu's drink of choice is going to be orange soda. Orange soda. Yes. At least she doesn't have the healthy on shelves from my kid. Dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be funny as hell. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, did, did you enjoy this match? Yes. I had to get that off my chest first. But overall, yes, I did enjoy this match. I loved uh, the showing that they had both teams. I love the fact that, and here, here's why. A lot of people look at Wendy Chu's gimmick and think it's ridiculous. But again, if you pay close attention to the match... Pay attention, folks. Everything she does makes sense, and everything is timed properly so it doesn't look stupid or fake. 
Nothing she does in that ring looks stupid or fake because it is timed perfectly. Even the cartwheel splash was timed perfectly. The nap time elbow is always timed perfectly. And Wendy Chu, again, she has the goofy gimmick, but when the bell rings, she's there. The only spot monkey thing she does is the hurricanrana. And outside of that, she's got no other stupid spot monkey crap. She's got a lot of ground game. She works very, very hard. And when the bell rings, she keeps the nonsense down to a minimum. That's all she does. Just enough to work the gimmick. True. That's why she's perfect in the ring. Yeah, she. I mean, it makes me laugh, but I watch her. I'm like, this actually works. Several people bitch about it, but I was like, dude, it works. But why? It's stupid, but it works. They win. She gets the crowd over. Yeah, so, she does. She does. So uh, go ahead, Vinny. So yeah, so love the spots, and of course you had Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray to take the match seriously and bring that into play, while Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai were wrestling and working their gimmicks and everything else. Now of course in the end, uh, KLR hits the KLR bomb on Chu, then Shirai pins her after the over the moon salt. It gets the one, two, three. The winners of the match, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray, they win. They are now the winners of the women's Dusty Cup. Yep. I think they're the second Dusty Cup winners, if I'm not mistaken. So I think Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai were the first ever winners, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. Yeah, I think that's it. So this is the second, the second time winners. So they all got the cup, and the confetti comes down. They're celebrating in the rain. They lug that big-ass, heavy-ass trophy in there. Somehow got it in there during the replays. That's how you know the, the staff over there works quick, quick, quick. So then, after the match, Toxic Attraction interrupts. Shirai and KLR celebration with a trophy. And Rose says Shirai and KLR will never beat Jane and Dolan. And KLR says they were thinking, since Rose says she will fight anyone, they want to cash in the Dusty Cup victory to make the women's title match and stand and deliver a fatal four-way. Toxic Attraction attacks. Cora Jade makes the save. Um, Everything was fine and dandy until KLR had us make a fatal four-way match. And the way Mr. Vinny Bucci threw his uh, pin here, I'm going to do what I did last week. NXE, may God have mercy on your soul. Benny, go ahead. Where do I fucking begin? Um, let's see. First of all, the whole purpose of the Dusty Classic is to get a shot at the tag team titles. That's why it's called the Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic. Very simple. Common sense. Second of all, this goes into an overall theme that I have had with Stand and Deliver and WrestleMania. So I'm going to jam both of these together for a moment. This is something that happens a lot during WrestleMania weekend, and it pisses me the fuck off every year. Whether it's a singles match or a tag team match or whatever, there's always a triple threat match or a triple threat tag team match or a fatal four-way or a fatal four-way tag match or a five-way match or a six-pack challenge or a battle royal. They do this shit every fucking year with, and they do this for one reason and one reason only. What's that? To get every single wrestler on the card because WrestleMania has now become a participation trophy where any fucker on the roster can be part of the show because everyone deserves a WrestleMania moment. No, they don't. 
okay? Not everyone goes to the Super Bowl. Not everyone goes to the World Series. Not everyone goes to the NBA Championship. And guess what? Not everyone goes to the playoffs. It's that fucking... Wait, you got something to say? Uh, yeah, not everybody goes to the NCAA football championship game either. And, of course, leave it to Zach to bring in college football. I have to brought up... You brought up all the other sports. I have to Yeah, I, I, I brought up the pro sports, the ones that matter. Uh, so, anyway, my point is, they do this every fucking year. Every fucking year. Because they want to get everybody on the card. If everyone is on the card, the pay-per-view is not special. WrestleMania should be reserved for the best of the best. You bring in legends to draw more people, make more money, and appeal to everyone. And you have three different matches. You have your show-stealing matches, your main event match, and your attraction matches. The matches are designed to entertain, like, for example, Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. That's an attraction match. That's not That's not meant to be a technical masterpiece or a five-star classic. It's just there for entertainment. Then you have your show stealers, like your Edge and AJ Styles, which is that's designed to steal the show. If it doesn't steal the show, it's going to be an epic disappointment. And then you got your big-time main event, which is Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns title unification. That's how this shit works. But they always got to do all these other matches to get extra people involved. It's fucking dumb. You can just have a one-on-one fucking match. Just have it. The title matches should be challenger, champion. It's that fucking simple. There is no point in having a fatal four-way match. If you wanted that match for stand and deliver, then Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai should have won this match. Fact, they should have won so they could get the tag team title shot because they actually want to be the tag team champions. Instead, you fucking wasted it on two people who don't even want. So how does this work? Is it going to be like one of those things where since the cha- the winners are unable or in this case unwilling to go to stand and deliver and fight the champions, do the runner-ups get all rights and privileges? They should. They should. Because what the fuck are Gigi Dolan and JC Jane going to fucking do? Are they just going to sit at home? Hopefully not. Yeah, they're champions. You want me to take these titles seriously? They need to be on the fucking card. And they should be facing Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. And have Cora Jade go one-on-one with Mandy Rose. The only logical reason to make this a fatal four-way is so Mandy can lose the title without being pinned. That's it. That's the only other reason to do this. Is so we can get a victory and the champion's not involved in the decision to protect Mandy Rose. That's the only reason to do the match like this. Agreed. But again, there's no point to this. They should have lost this match. Yeah. And then did something to where they try to make it a fatal four-way. Whether it's attack, toxic attraction. Whether it's go to management. Whether it's something. You know, they do some type of interference and then maybe a commissioner comes out. Like maybe, I mean, Regal's not there anymore, but you can have Shawn Michaels come out and make a ruling. And he said, you know what? We're going to make it a fatal four-way match and add those two in there. And then Mandy Rose gets mad, yells at Shawn Michaels. And that, that's it. That's all you got to do. Do that. Make it interesting. Make it better. But instead, you just fucked the whole classic. You wasted everyone's time with this fucking tournament. And now we're not going to see a tag title match. We're just going to see two people added to a women's title match. Because again, every year at WrestleMania, they have to have six-way ladder matches and fatal four-way matches. Because we have to get everybody on the card so no one's feelings get hurt. And they don't go on social media and cry like little fucking titty babies. Because I don't get a resume. Because you don't fucking deserve it. You're not talented enough. Go back to the performance center and practice. 
Get better with your promos. Get better with your in-ring skills. Get over with the fucking crowd. Here's a brilliant idea. Draw some fucking money, and then maybe, just maybe, you'll get a spot that you actually deserve on the big stage. You fucking loser. You participation trophy loser. Well, um, okay, uh, yeah, I 100% agree. Why do you do this fatal four-way? I don't understand. Now, this is going to suck. Are you trying to lose money? Are you trying to make money? Doing a fatal four-way, you're losing money, you dumb fucking idiot morons. It was all fun and dandy until this shit happened. Good start, shitty finish, Vinny. Very much so. Due to what? It's say it with me, Vinny. Lazy Booking. Uno más de Missy Vinny Bucci. Lazy Booking. All right, and that, ladies and gentlemen, um, I guess, Zach, unless you have anything else to add, we can wrap this up. Uh, Absolutely not. Everybody take care. No, keep, yeah, that's all I have to say. Take care. Yeah. So uh, that'll conclude this uh, recap, Ben XT. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me. I look forward to having you uh, back here next week for NXT. I'll be here. All right. And make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Breaker. Breaker. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. At some point this week, I got some plans I'm be putting up there. I got a I got a special meme. By the way, the special meme that I have is I did a meme where I said um, what 90s kids were thinking when Wendy Chu was doing her promo, and it's Kel. The first time Kel showed up and went, <laughs> who loves orange soda? Kel loves orange soda. Is it true? Mm-hmm. I do, I do, I do. Ooh, ooh. Two so, times a night. Yeah, so the first time uh, that Kel ever said it on Keen and Kel is in a meme that I posted. So I'm gonna put that up there. But also, um, I'm gonna put the pic- I'm gonna put the uh, the glorious thing that I did. So you can see that on the YouTube channel since uh, Zach brought it up. So those will be on the those will be on the Boochcast Facebook page very soon. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Also, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got some uh, YouTube content up there. We got Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring. We have our archive watch parties, our D&D one-shot, funny skits, holiday videos. Check them all out. And, of course, hit that subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified so you'll know when the new content will be posted. We got episodes of Dark Side of the Ring coming soon, archive watch parties coming soon to the channel. So make sure you're subscribed and notified so you will be the first to see it all. Also, make sure you guys follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next guaranteed watch party will be next Sunday, April 3rd for night two of WrestleMania 38. Now, night one of WrestleMania is still kind of up in the air because at the time WrestleMania starts, I will actually be up in the air. I will be on a plane flying back from Dallas to um 
Georgia, uh, because I will be in Dallas, Texas from March 31st to April 2nd for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, Buff and I are doing a special show on the 31st uh, with Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder. Uh, Friday, we will be at Hyenas Comedy Club uh, for Rebuilding Buff. I'll be doing some stand-up. Buff and Mike will be telling stories. So April 1st, we'll be at Hyenas Comedy Club. Go to rebuildingbuff.live to get your tickets. Also, on Saturday, uh, we will be at WrestleCon. Uh, so we'll be, able, we'll be having some fun out there. We'll be there from the morning to the afternoon. And then we're hopping on a plane at 5.05 and flying back. So by the time night one of WrestleMania starts, I'll be in the air. And I'll be uh, getting home in some capacity, whether somebody picks me up or I take the Marta train or whatever. Either way, I will be uh, driving around while night one of WrestleMania happens. Uh, I'll try to watch it. Uh, my phone or whatever, but as far as streaming a, sh a watch party, I will not be able to do it. However, if the team wants to get together and do it, they are more than welcome to do so, and I will, of course, uh, make sure to spread the links and everything else, and make sure you guys are able to check everything out. So, uh, make sure you guys are uh, stay tuned. So, because by next week, I should hopefully have some answers. So, make sure you're following us on the social media platforms, because that's where I'll be making those announcements. So, make sure you're following them all because that's where the announcements will be. So, definitely night two on April 3rd. Hopefully, night one on April 2nd. We'll figure all that out. And, of course, we have our D&D show that will be coming out later this year. We're working out the kinks and everything else. And then, of course, uh, we have some gaming coming to the show. Elvis has his Oculus that he'll be bringing soon uh, to the Twitch channel. And, of course, um, this is still up in the air due to some bullshit that I'm dealing with. Zach's trying not to laugh right now. But um, I have WWE 2K22. There's some bullshit that I'm dealing with, but I won't go into it now. I'm going to save that for when we do our variety show. But if we can get, if I can get through the bullshit, then we will be doing the Boochcast booking battle. So that will be between uh, myself and Elvis Delinsky. Uh, I will be picking a roster together on the my GM mode. Elvis will be putting a roster together on the my GM mode, and in the and we will he'll be putting a show together. I'll be putting a show together. We'll be streaming them live on Twitch, and in the end, we will find out once and for all who's the better Booker man, Vinny Bucci or Elvis Delinsky. Find out soon by following us at twitch.tv slash theboochcast. And, of course, make sure you guys support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at with prizes coming soon. Uh, the first level you can donate at is for 99 cents per month. This level is for people who want to donate to the show but don't have a lot of money to throw around. You got bills to pay. You got mouths to feed. The last thing we would ever do is force you guys to break the bank or sacrifice a payment or guilt trip you into feeling like you have to donate money to this show. We're not like that. We don't treat our fans like that. If you guys can just listen to the show and take the links and share them to your family and friends and people who love wrestling or love us or would love us in general, that's all I would ever ask you guys to do. If you're spreading the word about the show, you're helping out the show. But if you, if you don't have a lot of money to spend but still want to put a little skin in the game and help us out, the 99 cents level is for you. Why? Because only 99 cents. You're not going to miss it. It's not going to be a big deal to you guys, but it's going to be a big deal to us because every little bit helps us keep the Boochcast thriving. 
Now, the second level you can donate at, if you wanna, if you got some money to spend, you can go for $4.99 per month, $4.99 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money, give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United <laughs> States. I know ever since, it got sold to the Peacock. You got nowhere to put and put that $9.99. So take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And all the money that we raise for this show goes back into the show in some capacity. So you at least know where your money is going. We use this money to upgrade our equipment. We use it to bring in bigger name guests pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work really hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done, we use that money to feed this gentleman here, ramen noodles, and try. We're trying. We really are, guys. We're seriously trying <laughs> to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, aka the Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall. That it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. Eddie. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.